Aruba. Jamaica. Do I want to take you to Bermuda? And let you all die in the triangle? But these dumb meat sacks just plan to discuss it this week on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? With hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that's never been lost at sea, but we know a certain robot that we wouldn't mind it happening to. This is Hysteria 51. You're an idiot. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and navigators in charge, Brent Hand and John Goforth. Hey, Sean, that's right. And tonight we're talking the Bermuda Triangle. This is one of the big ones, one of the largest triangles in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Proven fact. Yeah. Uh, Well, it would be if it were 1992. It's funny how this was the biggest thing going on in the world of mysteries back in the day. Not as big of a thing. Not so many people really talk about it anymore. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, certainly some people have already chalked it up to BS and moved on. But the truth is, nobody, obviously, nobody knows for sure. There are plenty of other weird topics out there that have a lot less credibility, a lot less evidence that Mm -hmm. get a lot more play nowadays than the Bermuda Triangle does. I'd make the Bermuda Triangle my bitch. (laughs) Oh, God. That other voice you're hearing, the third host of this show, and the only one who panics at the sight of a bathtub, is the one and only Conspiracy Bot. I built Seabot in my lab to help make the show better. Instead, he drinks too much, curses excessively. Fucking right. <laughs> and is unnecessarily violent. He reminds me of my grandma. Like her, but a little bit less cussing. I like her already. Anyway, you asshats, I was saying I'd dominate the Bermuda Triangle. No... No, you wouldn't. That's just robot bravado. What happened when Brent took you to the community pool here in the lower fourth? I knocked snow cones out of 15 kids' hands. Yes, but you also screamed like a rabid hyena and rolled away as quickly as possible when Brent took you near the kiddie pool. Not only that, you knocked over three more old people on your way out. The old people were for fun. And I wasn't scared. I was just being cautious. Can't be too careful about leptospirosis. (laughs) The bacteria spread by wild animals and sometimes found in natural bodies of water. Uh, you were worried about the community pool. Never know. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you, my friend, are no angel. But you know who is, Brent? Tonight's guest. Oh, I see. We've been studying my segue techniques, huh, John? There you go. That's right. So welcome back into the lower fourth dimension. It's been quite a while. Too long, one might say. Mr. Kevin Crispin. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me, although I'm a little upset. I didn't know that leptospirosis existed, but now I do. So uh, John and I are from the wonderful land of Springfield, Illinois, and so many animals pissed in Lake, they figure is what it was from, <laughs> deer and stuff would pee yeah. in it. That it had leptosclerosis and you couldn't swim in the lake for a couple of years. Well, yeah. so Spring Lake Springfield in Springfield, Illinois, a large uh, body of was water. a very large body, but it was literally shut down for a, a couple summers and nicknamed Lake Lepto. Is that right? Now, what are the symptoms of this? Crotch rot. That's what John blamed it on. I don't know. If- a crotch rot. It okay, can be. It, it can be as mild as achiness and headaches, all the way up mm-hmm. to like bleeding from your orifices and death. 
Yeah, I'll so, take the latter. <laughs> uh, uh, ooh, bleeding orifices. Yeah, uh, my yeah. my dog gets like a lepto vaccine. That we need. there is a vaccine for this thing. <laughs> for, for dogs, a- animals get it a lot more than humans I guess do. Animals will drink a lot of water that's been peed in more than say uh, well normal. Your normal per- normal's very subjective. You know, Brent's favorite topic on Jeopardy is bleeding out of my orifices. Yeah, that. Do and- you run that whole category? And do people do you clap for yourself when you do all five? Flaming dog pew in the human response as well. That's one of the top <laughs> ones. Wow. And um, yeah, my wife, the cheating whore. Oh no, wait, that was uh, that was yeah, Billy Madison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you're if you're gonna steal. That's a good movie to steal from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do it no before. It too, when, so. Well, no, I know. And now you bring up Billy Madison. They're like, "What do you mean, Adam Sandler? He's not very funny." It's like, "No, no, no." You don't understand. Back in the day, he was very funny. Song just came out and it's actually as funny. What yeah, is? He has a it's new stand-up special kind of, too. Yeah, it's like it's like my three things. He wrote a rap song like Eminem style, and it's like keys, wallet, phone, keys, wallet, phone, and he's just like, That's I don't need anything when I'm out my, outside my home, but my keys, wallet, phone, and it's like, and then he like he's at the airport. What, I need a passport? Fuck! Keys, wallet, passport, phone! <laughs> Did you guys have, um, they're all gonna laugh at you? Oh, yeah. yeah. When we were, when we were, yeah. it was probably in high school, that was just amazing. Toll I mean, Booth Willie. <laughs> he said, put yeah. up your dukes. I said, I got no fucking dukes. I'm a fucking goat here. <laughs> the, uh, oh yeah, well, the goat. And the um, goat is on the second record. What was that called? Um, that had... Uh, I get them all six, confused. Six-year-old oh, yeah. man on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <memory> <laughs> Holy jeez, I wanted to lick him. Holy jeez, I wanted to... Ah! Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Such good stuff, yeah. If you're under the age of 30, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. It, uh, Adam or Sandler... they just are well-informed and awesome. Probably not. Adam Sandler <laughs> was actually a funny comedian back in the day. He made good movies. He made funny comedic albums. And then he signed a Netflix deal. And it all went to hell from there. Actually, yeah, that's not yeah. true. There, there might have been one or two bad movies before Didn't Netflix. Didn't go hell for him because Netflix is pumping him full of money. That's true. That's true. I think there was more than one or two bad movies, right? Before, before Netflix. Yes. There, well, there was the whole uh, what's that one with Kevin like little... James and um, oh, uh, Grown Ups. Yeah, uh, that was you awful. Know what? It did so well they made a sequel. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, damn yeah, right yeah. they did. A lot of money. I didn't like Little Nicky. I, I was thought just that sucked. Say I, didn't like Little Nicky. I never saw Little Nicky. Your evil deed is turning. Coke into Pepsi. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty. That is fucking evil. Man. That's <laughs> fucked up. I don't like Pepsi, and I do like Coke. Where are you from? The Deep South. I, actually, I kind of like Little Nicky so far. That's pretty. What good. was the one before that? Uh, it was pretty good. Though. Uh, uh, Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. Yeah, Big, I like Daddy's Big Daddy's funny. Yeah. And then we're gonna be listening to this in three years, finding out that he was, you know, drugging women through his entire career. Like son of a bitch. <laughs> this is gonna be right after his Jello pudding pop yeah. endorsement. I will say this. You know, history. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson. You guys know who that is? He played Biff in Back to the Future. Yeah. A great artist. Great stand-up comedian. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard his song of where he? answers to questions yes. and yeah. and he said when they asked him who the nicest celebrity he ever met was was adam sandler oh really yeah That's if awesome. i remember correctly i yeah, could be it's wrong actually a funny song if so. you look it up he's just like he's like i've written this he, he's like 40 years or almost you know going on 40 years he's been you know 35 years or whatever it is he's been biff and everyone asks the same question so he's like this should get everything out of the way <laughs> <laughs> sandler has a new stand-up special on Netflix, yeah. that's actually uh, is getting good reviews. People are saying it's uh... apparently Paul Thomas Anderson directed some of it. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, well, remember um, what the hell is the name of the movie? Uh, oh, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk yeah. Love. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Punch Drunk Love, the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been studying your segues, Brent? <laughs> oh man. So getting back on track. 
Everyone has probably heard of the Bermuda Triangle, but I thought this would be a good time to define it. So I thought coming into this that the Bermuda Triangle had its own Mysteries of the Universe volume. Yeah. It does not. No. I looked it up. You could have just went into my library. It's true. We, yeah, so right over the there. Catalog. Yeah, because your library is a lot closer than my computer. Well, I mean, it's it's also a lot better. You know, I, it doesn't lie to you like that Google. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I got my own VPN only lets you go where you need to go. <laughs> yeah. So Wikipedia, if you will, tell us what the actual definition is of the Bermuda Triangle. Well, I will play with Wikipedia today right, I'll, as it. Gophopedia. <laughs> Remember, kids, go to Gophopedia.com. That's right. The Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle or Hurricane Alley, is a loosely defined region in the western part of the North Atlantic, where a number of aircraft and ships have been said to have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Now, it's if you if you want to think wait, of it wait, as a, not said to have disappeared, literally have disappeared. Not under mysterious circumstances. That that's not up for debate. It is a weird place. Things have just disappeared there. Is what you're all saying? The time, all you the can time. you can argue with me all you want. You're really arguing with Wikipedia. Well, no, I'm, we know, I'm arguing, I thought it was Gophopedia. I mean, I'm just going to argue with the definition. They're not planes and and ships go missing all the time. I mean, Malaysia 370. That's under disrespect. It could have been a well. That one is a bad example, but stuff disappeared. I think all what the they're time. implying there is the said to is said to have happened under mysterious circumstances. Whereas other people might look at it and go, "That's not mysterious." At all it went down in the ocean lots of idiots talk that's we, true we know that i mean look at us <laughs> go on sorry i inter- interjected common sense go on yeah I, please don't do that for the rest of the show now if you if you want to understand what the triangle looks like think about a map and the rough boundary is miami to bermuda to puerto rico if you were to draw a line between those three boom you've got a triangle or just look at the cover for this episode yeah there you go someone was thinking what they might oh goodness now, most reputable sources dismiss the idea that there's any mystery. Maybe we shouldn't say reputable. Maybe we should say mainstream. Uh, the vicinity of the Bermuda Triangle is amongst the most heavily traveled shippy lanes in the world. Don't, don't forget cruise ships, too, with them frequently crossing through it for ports in the Americas, Europe, and the Caribbean. John and I have sailed through it, both of us. I've flown over it many times. Oh, same here. You know. Now, granted, I have m- multiple time travel and interdimensional stories which we'll get to later but uh, you know i've just done a proof of it like i did a geometric proof of the bermuda triangle yeah how'd how'd that go yeah um i proved it well done (laughs) yeah and that's why it's called a proof you idiot (laughs) thank you brent (laughs) i uh, read the i was reading the other day about quantum computing and Mm. turns out right now all of the encryption technology on the internet is based on factorials and it's really um, – so I'm not a math genius. I know you're surprised. turns out it's really hard to prove factorials out. Quantum computers can figure them out like this. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so the, the whole point of the – and I'm probably saying that wrong. And if you're, a, if you're a math whiz or a quantum computing whiz, you know, go ahead and call me out. But it turns out because of that, once quantum computing gets more um, prevalent – all internet security will be worthless instantly. Really? Yeah. Encryption is easily cracked because even scrolling encryption can be As cracked. if my yeah. uncle wasn't scared of life enough now. <laughs> it, I guess even for a really good normal binary computer, it's really tough to figure out factorials and to prove them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but a quantum computer can consider all possibilities at once, yeah. so it, it figures it out very quickly. 
And why he brought that up, the world's biggest quantum computer, the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Man, that's just he another great segue. Cylinders. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know bring it on home. You were telling us, Brent, uh, that you have flown over it numerous times. I'm assuming that's on your way to your Skull Island. Yeah, which a lot of people don't realize <laughs> I have. It's small. But there's a skull. But mighty, and it's there's an a island, and yeah. it's this island. So, I mean, it, it, let's let's face it. If I could name any island, it would be Skull Island. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Sorry, that's already taken. Skull Island two. I don't. Skull Island thirty seven. It's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as Skull Island yeah. is in it. So everyone has heard of the Bermuda Triangle and and the spooky tales that go along with the ships and the planes that have that have that have gone down or disappeared in the area. But where does it where does it come from, Brent? The earliest suggestion of the unusual disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle appeared back on. September 17th of 1950. There's an article published in the Miami Herald by Edward Van Winkle Jones. So the, the point... Whoa, hold on, hold on. Can you say that name one more time, please? He was just going to cruise right over that. Thank uh, yeah, you. Yeah. Edward Van Winkle Jones. <laughs> oh my God, that's a great name. Who went on to be a famous rapper. Oh no, wait, that was Robert Van Winkle. <laughs> Better, vanilla Ice, vanilla yes. Ice, yeah. Oh shit, nice. Yeah. Very well good. done. Um, that was a different time then, Brent. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, if you add an R, it's Wrinkle. <laughs> Edward Van Wrinkle Jones. Yes. I, so <laughs> I don't know why that was relevant, but I told you that anyway. Uh, my, the point I was going to try to make to our intrepid listeners is that this is the first mention of it in like the media. In, yeah, this in, is the in, first like, time. It was a big. It was a big article. It, it had and, been. It had been talked about. Uh, you know, certainly. Now that's not where they called it per se a triangle, but that was the whole Bermuda. This whole area. That area doing weird stuff. Yeah. So two years later, Fate magazine published "Sea Mystery at Our Back Door," and it was a short by George X Sand. <laughs> covering the loss of several planes and ships, <laughs> including the loss of a big one, Flight 19, which is a group of five U.S. Navy planes that went down. We're going to we'll talk about that. Yeah, later. we'll get to that one. More it's a on big one. one. Sorry, I just have to ask. And this person's name is George X Sand. X. That man, these names are yeah, fucking it great. It had to have been Xavier, right? They just back in the or day, Xenon. They had the best names, you know, like yeah. people were named like Red and, and, and Droopy, you know, the crazy <laughs> stuff, crazy. One of the guys in one of the stories I was reading was Droopy Bill, and they just, everyone said it like it wasn't in this one, but it was for a couple weeks ago, and no one was like, LOL, they just kept saying the name but, Droopy Bill. But, yeah, but do you think that guy Droopy. actually sat around with his friends and goes, you know what really, really, really has benefited me in life? <clears throat> being I'm called Droopy being Bill. Being called Droopy Bill. But it was a different time. You just went by that. <laughs> yeah, just a different time, guys. <laughs> when talking about X-Sans article, it was the first to lay out the now famous triangle, the whole area, all these losses, as they call them. You were place. giving me trouble about skipping over Van Winkle. You both skipped over the name of the article, Sea Mystery at Our Back Door. <laughs> that's fair. I did hear you chuckling over there, yeah. John. Low-hanging fruit, baby. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's the best kind of fruit. It so, is. yeah, and it was the first one, speaking of that Flight 19, to say, hey, there was supernatural stuff going on. It wasn't just a crash. And then in 1964, Vincent Gaddis wrote in the Pulp magazine, Argosy. John's a big fan of the Argosy covers. So Argosy is an awesome magazine. It's funny that this this article, this article gave the Bermuda Triangle its name. This article is in Argosy magazine, which if you go back and look, it even says it's fact and fiction. So there's like fictional tales in there. I, I remember one uh, article that was in there was about how Lincoln was doing black magic in the White House. Like it's that kind mm, of yeah. magazine. And just for the record, Bermuda Triangle aside, the covers for these. I bet they're amazing. Are amazing. Oh, they're all paintings. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's like they had the same guy. But are they like the, pulp fiction yeah, type of covers? That's exactly yeah. what they're like. Mm-hmm. They look like they took that art that artist and when he was done making those, they said, Now make all the box covers for the Atari twenty six hundred. Because remember oh, they were like yeah. artsy, like painting. Oh of, yeah, that's oh, right. They're, they're in that same vein. I love yeah, them. The I one I loved was Yar's Revenge. There you go. So this had did did this publish sorry to not go too far, but Argosy did it publish like Isaac Asimov, Ray Ray Bradbury, Sometimes Robert Heinlein, that like, type of stuff too. They had a lot of stories, but they were short, short, short shorter story it was still l ron hubbard but there were also articles that were supposedly true but it was a mixture of both. right the fact and the fiction right. yeah but, okay but in argus this is where they gave you the boundaries of the bermuda triangle given it the miami san juan puerto rico you know the whole bermuda area some writers in that time gave different boundaries and it varies greatly but between 500,000 to 1.5 million square miles. And I know that's a big, big area, you know, a big difference. That's weird. My proof just said four equals X. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you were smarter. I mean, you broke it down. Yeah, thank you. And I actually read, on, you know, and going on, some people even go, oh, it extends all the way out to Ireland and stuff like that. Like, you can't just say the ocean's evil. <laughs> like, all the way to Ireland? Well, yes, yeah. you can. Are you kidding me? I mean, you can. <laughs> it's like the 1400s, and you're talking about the sea monsters that are coming to get you. It's all evil. That's right. Well, speaking of 1400, we're going to go to break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the famous cases that have happened. One of them. 1492. <laughs> what happened then? Everyone died. That's exactly what I learned Spoiler in school. Alert. Yep. Uh, up next on Hysteria 51. Oh, boy. Sea monsters. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, That's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... It's very high on pronunciation, too, so <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do, and then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years, and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn, and people, millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use, like, the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient, and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value, and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we wanted to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit Rosetta Stone 
dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Was that supposed to be scary or funny? It's just Both. the way I like to say it. Bermuda Triangle. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda Triangle. We, no, we set it up for you. No, on, he man. kept going. So oh, that's my fault. Right. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda. Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. I didn't know that's that. That's the other word. Yeah, you, you don't pay a lot of attention to me. <laughs> so true it's so true john is a normal person oh my gosh so we've talked a little bit about the air and we're going to tell you a lot more about what's really going on there later in the show but we wanted to get into some of the famous or you you might not have heard of all these but there's some fun cases uh that have happened in the bermuda triangle and the uh, first a well well known yeah. man his name is cristobal cologne yeah yeah uh, a hero to everyone especially in this day and age Christopher Columbus. You mean also the director of as. Home Alone? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Got it. Yes. So most people think of the Bermuda Triangle's legend uh, beginning to grow in the 20th century, but the lore of the area goes back a lot further than that, and the Bermuda Triangle's bad reputation started with Christopher Columbus. According to his log, on October 8th of 1492, Columbus noticed his compass was flying all over the place and giving weird readings. Now, he said he tried to go to his altimeter. It didn't work either. His I'm- altimeter didn't work? <laughs> So tired of these devices. Sea level at all times, and it still wasn't working. <laughs> there is a p- parallel here. We are talking about a a journal, a journal entry, mm-hmm. and a malfunctioning device that's used for navigation of some type. Now, Kevin, if you look, see that yep. device hanging over there? That is yep. literally 
an altimeter. Someone bought John the Babels. Jamie and Aaron Babel bought him an altimeter that he can have with him at all times that? because it goes all the way back to our Operation High Jump. That's true. We need to know. We need to know at all times. It's a badass and we, gift. And don't guess at it. Don't. You need to know. Uh, so anyway, Columbus. <laughs> He didn't tell his crew that the old compass wasn't working. He yeah. thought it he thought it might be a bad idea considering the fact that a few days earlier they had noticed a, we actually talked about this in an, another episode. He had noticed a light in the sky and they all said, "Fuck it, let's go back to Spain." Yeah. And so Whoa. they're pretty sure if he goes, "Hey, look at the compass." They would have been like, it's "Let's Spain. let's eat him. <laughs> we eat him, we go back. I'm I'm tired of hard tack and rat. Uh, let's get some Chrissy in us." Yeah, that's the way it goes. Why do I feel like that's not the first time uh, Brent said but that? Yeah, it was probably for real, though. Probably a, a good a good decision. The faulty reasons were never really explained or commented on by Columbus at all. But the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria did uh, go on to not die in the Bermuda Triangle. So there is that. Instead, he went on to murder and enslave indigenous people in the lands he discovered that he still thought was India until the day he died. Not even I can get behind that buffoon. I, I have to say, guys, uh, that's the first time I've ever agreed with Seabomb. That was that, some, some some good. Every now and then he uses up all of his hate early in the show, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then he he a little bit of common sense returns. It doesn't last long, so don't don't stay on his side. All right, I'll I'll ride the high as long as I can. Actually, I just said that to see if Kevin was as big of a pussy as I thought he was. He is. Well, I'll keep my mouth shut moving forward. <laughs> yeah, you do that, pussy. So yeah. It, <laughs> A lot of people don't realize this, though. That not only, I mean, most people by now know that Columbus was a complete asshole, and and it literally he showed up to islands, tried to slave and kill, and because he thought they were in India, and he told them, "I want all your gold," and they're like, "We don't have gold, and we don't know what that is." Uh, okay, well, I'm going to kill you anyway. The, here's the kicker: I didn't know this part. Columbus went to his deathbed, thinking that he had made it to India. Still really? never knew. Still never knew. He was an idiot. The only reason that Columbus got that journey approved was because he did his own. Everyone else said, you can't get to India. It's too, the earth is too round. Or everyone knew. They said whoa, that, whoa, whoa. The earth is too what? Round. Because people go around saying Columbus discovered that the earth wasn't flat. That's not true. Everybody knew not that the so earth was round. round. is big. It's right. too far. Well, Columbus, uh, Columbus was the one who said it's not too far. It's actually only a couple days journey. Here's the math. He was really bad at math. The earth it just was a big piece of paper that said 4x. And this isn't <laughs> <laughs> See? proof. Call back. There you go. There's the proof. He also uh, the way he, he uh, convinced Ferdinand and uh, Isabella to finance the journey. The earth is actually not a globe. It's shaped like a pear. So it's really close to India. We're really close to India here in Spain. And the earth is shaped like a pear. Let me go. The earth is shaped like a pear. Well, it is. The original con. It is elliptical. I mean, it's not round, per se, when you get it. It, it squats That's true. out. That's but true. it ain't a pear. It's not it, a pear. It's not a pear. He, the earth's more shaped like me. It's bigger in the middle. The point is, he's an idiot. <laughs> Big, he's an idiot. Some parts. He is, uh, he's a dick, and uh, we can all blame... Let's uh, speak ill of the day. I think John... I think John John really has a ill of the day. Was, John, you got a, a dagger out for Christopher Columbus. I think that's okay I, well, you know, these we days. Can actually, we can actually blame, um, I think it was Washington Irving, who didn't like the story and basically rewrote it. 
Is and that right? Yeah, I think it was Washington Irving. And, and like that's why we have all of these, you know, Columbus sailed the, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and all this bullshit about Columbus. He never even stepped foot in America. They no, say no. he they say he discovered America. He never stood stepped foot in North America. Well, that's it, man. I'm not reading fucking the next, Sleepy Hollow anymore. The next one when I I talk about the flight, are you going to go on a diatribe about like hating like 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 the, <laughs> General the, MacArthur? Yeah, like like wh- where are we going with this one? Because we are talking now about Flight 19. Uh, this is a big one that people love, and I you probably even if you don't know what Flight 19 is, you've seen it in a movie probably. But this is this is a big one. Flight 19 was a training flight of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers that disappeared on December 5th, 1945, while over the Atlantic. The squadron's first plan was scheduled to take off due east from Fort Lauderdale for 141 miles, then go north for 73 miles, then back over a final 140-mile leg to complete this exercise. And unfortunately, they never returned back to base. And before we get into what happened, I would be remiss if I did not... Say, uh, as a avid Dark Tower fan, the fact that it is Flight 19, well, then that must mean something. For anybody out there who's listening and has uh, read the Dark Tower series, the brilliant Dark Tower series by Stephen King, 19 is a very important number. So for the first time ever, I believe what we're talking about. Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> now, is uh, is 19, is that something, does it have to do with Ka? Uh, in the I books, it does, yes. Uh, but nineteen is a very important number. But yes, Ka is a wheel. Uh, Ka is a wheel. One other thing about Flight Nineteen, Brent mentioned it was five bombers. When you hear flight and then a number, you think of like one plane or something. It was squadron Nineteen. It was, think of that it, exactly. Yeah. So the official story is the Navy investigators attributed it to navigational error, leading to the aircraft running out of fuel. Which you know that that, that makes sense. But now, the flight's leader was Lieutenant. Charles C. Taylor, an experienced pilot and a veteran of several combat missions in World War II. So the navigational error story doesn't make a lot of sense, people say, or does it? Or does it? And, and, it goes and either here's, way. here's why. So a lot of stories you'll read about the Bermuda Triangle and attributing Flight 19 to the, the lore that surrounds it is like, well, he was an experienced pilot from World War II. There's no way that he would get lost. Not so fast, my friends. He was experienced, but not particularly talented. Only 28 years old, first, he had a history of really irresponsible moves. During combat in the Pacific, he got lost literally twice and had to ditch his planes both times. On on this particular day, he didn't show up to the base until, not, not only was he not on time, he didn't show up until 25 minutes after they were supposed to start the mission. He gave no explanation, and then he said, hey, you think someone else could take my place on this one? <laughs> was he, I, so, I'm sorry, he was lost. Lost twice before and and ditched the plane. Right. And then he was 25 minutes late and didn't want to go on this mission. <laughs> Correct. And not only does he not, he also doesn't take like a plotting board or a watch or anything basic that you should have with you on the flight. So in short, he was unprepared, unprofessional, and had a history of getting lost and dishing planes at sea. And but, hungover. Uh, but here's the thing. Probably. <laughs> that doesn't make for a good story. So you leave it out, John. We've taught you that, I thought. you know. <laughs> Why would I bring that up? Uh, now, again, and a lot of that is, I suppose, somewhat supposition, saying, you know, he's just an unprepared idiot. That's not, I mean, we 
We don't know that for a fact, but we do know the facts that he got lost, and we do know that it wasn't the first time. And the fact that he was 28 years old at that time, that's not that young. That's, like, middle-aged. <laughs> you know what I mean? This isn't the 1600s. No, yeah. no, no. It was, it was a different War, time, guys. It was World War II, and he was yeah. a fighter pilot. So, yeah, that, that makes a little, that you know, at least he had... That's actually probably kind of old for a fighter pilot. I, that's what oh, I'm getting yeah. at, World you know? II, like, yeah. Also, that wasn't the only thing that went down that day. There was a rescue. You know, lots of rescue aircraft went out, and one of them was a PBM Mariner with 13 men aboard as crew. It disappeared. So, yeah, they sent the PBM Mariners were known. They had a nickname, something like uh, Flying Bombs, mm-hmm. because they kept catching fire and exploding in air. This wasn't the first time. And they sent three of them up. One of them didn't come back. Yeah, the, the Mariner had a history of explosions due to vapor leaks when they're heavily fueled up. And guess what? They filled it all the way up because they were going out for a rescue mission. They didn't know how they're going to be out there. And there was actually people that said uh, there was people on a boat out there that said they saw an explosion. They think that was the Mariner. The Mariner, down. right. Yeah. Right. So this is the big one. Now, if you are thinking, how have I have heard of this? Well, maybe you've heard of that movie, Steven Spielberg, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Well, guess what? Remember in the very beginning, in the middle of the desert, they find those five planes? Yes. That's Flight 19. Exactly. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that is Man. Flight 19. So a lot of people are like, oh, okay. <laughs> is that a what lot, they are like? A lot of people. Well, at least one of them Well, here. yeah. <laughs> so if you do a little bit more research into Flight 19, more than we're going to cover here, there are transcripts of a lot of radio transmissions that went back and forth between the flight and both the base and then also someone just in Florida who heard the transmissions and was trying to help, was trying to help them get back to safety. It's been proven that some of these transcripts have been falsified, just made up to help cook up the story a little bit. But there there certainly are validated accounts of them saying, you know, we don't know where we are. I think we're over the Florida Keys, but they couldn't they couldn't have been over the Florida Keys because it was just one island versus right. many islands. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to this, but it really does sound like just folks getting lost. Yeah, and it's easy to do. And uh, it was the daytime. It's it's even, you know, at nighttime, you can't tell what's water, what's sky, nothing, you know. And this was daytime, but yeah, these guys, they just, they, they lost their bearing. When you are a pilot in flying like that over land, they use, you know, you, if you didn't have instruments like they have today, they use sight. There's things that you yeah, the horizon okay, I'm going there. Well, and there's like, okay, so this tower over here is one of your things. You yeah, know, your markers. Mar- it's like yeah. the Hardee's on the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Turn left at Hardee's. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, excuse me, Carl's Jr. That's, oh, my fault. That is not the only you know flight that went down. There was a KC-135 Stratotankers that went down there on August 28th of 1963. A pair Can of I just U- say that was also the same day that Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech? Well, there you go. Sorry. You're, lear- you're learning a lot. To- no, that's a good drop-in. Yeah. Oh, uh, hey, excuse me, Kevin. This isn't Historia 51. <laughs> That's true. Oh, shit. That is true. Oh, man, I went in the wrong door. Yep. <laughs> so a pair of U.S. Air Force KC-135 Stratotanker aircraft collided and crashed into the Atlantic. And the spooky version of the story states that while the two aircraft did collide and crash, there were two distinct crash sites separated by over 160 miles of water. Ooh. I know. Explain this to me, Brent. I don't understand. Is the argument being made here that they crashed together uh, in some sort of vortex, and then when they fell down, they went back to their original positions? So there is people that make lots of different claims. One, they both exploded, but one flew on its own for a while before it landed. One was they went, one of them went through a uh, a time vortex. The truth, well. Research went out. They went no, out. No, you just said it. Time vortex. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why are we repeating ourselves? They found that second debris field crash site, and it was 
a mass of seaweed and driftwood tangled together on an old buoy. <laughs> Literally was the second crash site. That's not nearly as cool. It's boo. No, it's not. But you know what? Don't let, you know, an old buoy and some driftwood with seaweed kill a good story. So there weren't two sites. There was only I've one site there was where one... they really did col- collide. From the air, they looked like there was two different sites. Got it, 160 got it, got it. miles away. And they're like, holy crap, how did that happen? And then you go, oh, it didn't. But the first part of the story persists. Got it. Then we got the Carol A. Deering. Five masses schooner built in 1919. The Carol L. Deering was found hard aground and abandoned at Diamond Shoals near Cape Hatteras, North Carolina on January 31st, 1921. It's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. <laughs> you know what? A schooner is a sailboat, you stupid head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There is no Easter Bunny. <laughs> there, that's just a guy in a suit. <laughs> Man, that that movie needs reexamination because that's a great fucking movie. It really is. Want to know something? So I have I don't see in in three D because I have you know, I have lots of eye problems. I cannot see the magic eye posters. I've never seen one. Can't do it. Well, you're not trying hard enough. And that's what everyone's. Well, cross your eyes. They cross on their own. Brent, it's fine. Brent, it was a different time. It was. It was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> Rumors and more at the time indicated that the Deering was a victim of piracy, uh, possible connected to the illegal rum running trade during Prohibition, and also possibly involving another ship, the Hewitt, which disappeared at roughly the same time. Rum, hell yes, that settles it. I am becoming a pirate. Sure, go out to sea. It's fun. Yeah, yeah please. please. Get yeah. lost at sea. Just hours later, an unknown steamer sailed near the track of the Deering and ignored all signals from the lighthouse and it's speculated that Hewitt may have been this mystery ship and possibly involved in Deering's crew's disappearance, meaning the Hewitt either killed them or took them on. It could have been an inside job. They don't know, but there was a ship out there doing what it wasn't supposed to be doing and not obeying light signals. It's, it's a, it's a weird one. So, you know, yeah, that one doesn't so much make me think crazy, but that's a famous one. Well, I think one of the things to point out is the reason there is a lot of mystery around the Bermuda Triangle is that it's not just things crashing. It's people disappearing. Well, it, it, it gets better than that, John. Oh, yeah, you well, have more? No. Th- yeah, oh, wait. There's more. The Bruce Gernon experience. This is my favorite thing to come out of the, the Bermuda Triangle. So on December 1970, just after 3 p.m., Bruce and his dad and a friend, Chuck Lafayette, a business associate, took off at the runway on Andros Town Airport in a brand-new Beechcraft Bonanza A36. Shortly after takeoff, they say they noticed an elliptical cloud directly in front of them about a mile away, hovering only about 500 feet above the ocean. And they said it seemed like a lenticular cloud, but they'd never seen one that low. So it was like, huh, I've never seen that before. One thing worth pointing out is, depending on which account you uh, read uh, from Bruce... He says it was just he and his dad, and then in another account, he has this third guy. So there with are, a very not made up name at all, Chuck Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Uh, Chuck Chuck Lafayette. Chuck, Chuck, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. It's it, on the birth certificate. You can literally see it in your mind. The the guy sitting there looks up, sees the name of the street he's on. Uh, Chuck <laughs> Lafayette. Lafayette. What a, a, Avenue. A, a, Chuck. Chuck. Chuck Lafayette. Chuck Lafayette, yeah. <laughs> he sees somebody like throwing fish. Chuck. <laughs> it was in Seattle. That's my point. So they called. They called <laughs> I don't think it was because they called the Miami <laughs> Flight Service. <laughs> and they reported over the VHF radio that the weather was good. Nothing to worry about. So they continued on with their flight. 
And then they said this lenticular cloud quickly changed into this huge cumulus cloud. So lenticular clouds, if you're not familiar, are the ones that they're flat. And cumulus are the big puffy clouds that you see. Like a cotton ball. Yeah. And they stated that they were climbing at 1,000 feet per minute, and the clouds seemed to be building up around the same rate. They couldn't get away from it. And unexpectedly, it caught up and engulfed the Bonanza. And after 10 minutes of climbing in and out of the cloud, trying to get out, the airplane finally broke free at 11,500 feet, and the sky was clear. Who hasn't engulfed a Bonanza before? <laughs> are there any of those still open? I don't You're know. You're goddamn right they are. Bonanzas? I know that there's Where a lot Where do you think I'm having dinner? Golden Corral. Come on now. That's actually right. That was a trick question. Thank you, brother. <laughs> 4.30 comes early around these parts. <laughs> That's right, it does. The only place where it's actually cheaper to get the steak than to not. Bonanza. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like, a great you know, that comes sign. With the, uh, it comes with the bar. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, what if I just want a chicken breast? Oh, that's another $3. <laughs> but the steak? That comes, comes with the yeah. bar. So they level off at 11,500 feet, look back, and this cloud is massive. And they said, they thought, well, strange, glad that's over, on with the flight. So soon they noticed another cloud building directly in front of them near the Bimini Islands. They said it looked a great deal like the cloud that they just left, except the top of this was around 60,000 feet. And they came within a few miles of it. They saw that it appeared to emanate directly from the surface of the Earth, so it was taking up the full from the earth to 60,000 feet. And upon entering the cloud, they witnessed an uncanny spectacle, quote unquote, as they called it. They said it became dark, but without rain and visibility was about four or five miles. And they said there was no lightning bolts, but extraordinary bright light. Like they couldn't see the lightning, but it was, it would light up white, you know, like, like you would, you would think with lightning. And it, illuminated the entire surrounding area and the deeper they penetrated the more intense the flashes became and so they made a 135 degree turn to the left and headed due south trying to get out of the cloud they're just you know they're they're stuck in this storm so soon they notice a large u-shaped opening at the west side of this donut cloud they said they had no choice we have a lot of descriptions for these clouds going on boy they really and they're really good at distance they really estimate distance well so if he's listening uh jason christensen you guys know this he is our pie he flies jets for a living and i i talked to him recently about like do you guys know like how high you are how fast you're going and he goes at all times I go, yeah, but without instruments, she's like, at all times. I can tell you how many miles something away is. So, so maybe. That's fair. Okay. Maybe not, you know, it, it, but for me, I'm like, I don't know, I was somewhere between 15 and 112 miles an hour. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what you say to the police officer. Or he's just a member of Big Cloud. Yeah, he could be. Yeah. He, he is also, Fucking you know, he is a pilot. Cloud, so obviously, man. he's he's, you know. Kim trailing us right now. Thank you, both of you. Thank you. I I just wanted to get sucked into that, but thank you guys for keeping my eyes open. <laughs> so they they turn. They're trying to get through this thing, and they said as they approach, they watch the top ends of this gap kind of joining, and it forms a hole. So there's a break in this cloud. It's a tunnel, one mile wide, about ten miles long, and they can see sky on the other side, clear blue. They're going to go through it. They're going to try to get out of this cloud. And they said they're in the tunnel for about 20 seconds before they emerge from the other end. And about five seconds or so, they had a strange feeling of what they described as weightlessness and an increased forward momentum. When we look back, they saw the tunnel walls collapse and it form what they said looked like a slit and it rotated slowly clockwise away. All the electronics and magnetic navigational instruments were malfunctioning. The compass was spinning slowly, you know, in all directions as, as they went straight. <laughs> So they contact Miami and they tell them that they're about 45 miles southwest of Bimini, heading east at 10,500 feet. 
radar comes back and goes, yeah, we can't see you there at all. Like, you are not on, on our blip. Something weird had happened. Instead of the blue sky they expected, everything was dull gray, like completely, you know, not what the, the weather was supposed to be. The weatherman was wrong? Well, not necessarily. Oh. Because visibility seemed like more than two miles, yet they couldn't see the ocean, horizon, the sky. The air was stable, but there's no lightning or rain. And he says he likes to refer to this as an electronic fog because it seemed to be what was interfering with their instruments. Suddenly, boom, fog starts breaking. This weird electronic fashion, as he said, long horizontal lines appear in the fog on either end of the plane. Then the lines widen into slits about four or five miles long. Boom, they see blue sky. The slits continue expanding. All of a sudden, everything's disappeared. They're in a blue sky. Nothing weird so far. Here's what's weird when, they, <laughs> I was when that stuff goes wrong. They see the barrier island of Miami Beach directly below them. Mm-hmm. After they landed at Palm Beach, they realized the flight had taken less than 47 minutes. They thought something must have been wrong with the airplane's timer, so they all look at their watches. All three watches say 348. They had never made it from Andros to Palm Beach in less than 75 minutes, even on a direct route. Their course that they had taken, because they went off, was at least 250 miles off course. 47 minutes to get there, boom, time vortex. So they made it way further they they flew that thing and all of a sudden they're where they're supposed to go in 47 minutes instead of 75 minutes they threw that through that time tunnel so could we could we monetize this because i would love especially on the cta dibs (laughs) damn it t-bot oh man this story so this gentleman has certainly um told the story a lot and every uh, there are a lot of different accounts of it and they all change they're all different they uh, they have different details. Can I just ask one question before you go further? Were you there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in, in, I, in 1970s. Prove I wasn't. <laughs> That's hard-hitting journalism right there. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Prove I wasn't. That's right. See, I turned it on you. I turned it. <laughs> so, I, you know, those are a lot of different incidents. There have been plenty of others, some verified, some not, from uh, the Rosalie that was found completely abandoned except for a canary. Uh, that was back well, the in mind the, uh, wasn't killing everyone. We know that. <laughs> that's then. true. That was back in the uh, mid-1800s to the USS Cyclops, Woo-hoo! which went down uh, in the Triangle during World War One. And, and this is true. It remains the single largest loss of life in the U.S. naval history, not directly involving combat. Right. Sad. So there's so many more that we could cover. We're, we're not going to spend any yeah. more time on it. Let's get to the juicy stuff, Brent. Why? Why is it going on? Yeah. It's, it's a big area. Stuff goes missing but it's just water, and it's also the most traveled shipping areas in the world. So why do people blame the paranormal? What what are the paranormal things they blame? And mm-hmm. if it's not paranormal, could natural causes potentially be at fault? Mm-hmm. Well, let's dig into that after mm-hmm. the break on Hysteria 51. You know, wormholes come into a lot of stories. What if it was a Nazi wormhole? A Nazi wormhole. Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them, and going on a few tangents. Yes, and it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope Mm -hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. 
and a fistful of candy. Cook that bird in Doritos. the Doritos. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes. So subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. And we'll have all the updates there. A-cast, 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 Time vortexes and wormholes. Yeah. On Hysteria 51. It's time to finally get to the truth. The paranormal explanations for the Bermuda Triangle. I got a real quick question. Because we know through science and, and mathematics that Einstein-Rosen bridges and things like that are physically possible. You know, wormholes can exist. We, we've we never found an example of one, but just like, you know, black holes and things like that. Theoretical physics, right? Theoretically speaking, I wonder if there's some guy, like not this guy, that's just like, it fucking happened, you know, and he's like, and he's like, I'm not telling anyone because no one will believe me. Like he went out his door and boom, he was in like Africa one day and he's like, son of a bitch, son right? of a bitch. God damn it. It's hot. Carol, you need to send me my passport again. <laughs> like, like he's got where's that. the Google the American consulate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just like, it happens all the time. I ain't telling no one. No one's going to believe me. I ain't being that idiot. And then he has to go to work and be like, this is why I was late. It was he, a wormhole. Yeah, he knocks on the door. Ubuntu, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need I need to borrow your yeah. You know, if they do exist, that's the case. That yeah. that's the guy. It's not it's not the guy you see on uh on ancient aliens or anything like that. It's it's the guy who just keeps it to himself. <laughs> Quietly some guy from ancient aliens is crying as he's listening to this episode. <laughs> One tear. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about the paranormal. You said that. Let's talk about the paranormal explanation. I mean, people reporting on the triangle have used a lot, a number of supernatural concepts to explain the events. Well, the first one's not supernatural. It's just it's a fact. And that's Atlantis. Yeah. Well, it's not so much, you know, paranormal, like you said, is it's just the technology. We don't understand it. It's it's, it's running down there. They had a, a really good battery. <laughs> it sunk. And uh, it's just it's it's messing with stuff. So sometimes the Bermuda Triangle gets tied to Atlantis, and, and the way it does is this thing called the Bimini Road, which is curiously off the island of Bimini. Uh, is it, it Bimini or Bimini? I always said Bimini. You might know. be right. You might be right. Um, we'll say it both ways. Let's say it together. Bimini. Bimini. I, you know what? I had a good Bimini, Bimini the other day. It was, uh, it was What did it have Cuban. on it? It was, was Cuban, it pressed really. and warm? Yeah, it was yeah. Cuban. Mm-hmm. Lots of mustard. It's an island in the Bahamas. Uh, which is is certainly near or in the triangle by some definitions. Followers of the uh, psychic uh, Edgar Casey, who we do have an uh, upcoming episode on <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the road. Yeah, upcoming episode. Edgar Casey, upcoming episode. Spoiler alerts. Listen up. <laughs> uh, so they take his prediction that evidence of Atlantis would be found in 1968. He made that prediction, you know, decades before that. They're saying that he was actually referring to the discovery of the. Road. Bimini Road. Bimini. That's for you. There you go. Um, folks, believers, I suppose, describe the formation, uh, the the road as as actual road or a wall or some other kind of like per, uh, human built structure. Yeah, underwater, and and it shouldn't be there. And you know what? We're not going to tell you any more about that because it's on a future topic. Spoiler alert: aliens. So there is. <laughs> 
I've I've heard three or four different versions of how Atlantis is tied to um, the Bermuda Triangle, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand any of them. So there's technology that's interfering. That's why it's these these anomalies where uh, you lose track of your altitude and your your things spin and you crash on your own because we don't understand what's still going on down there. Or somebody was texting on a flight. But I also read that there's a uh, there's like a bubble down there that there are uh, uh, pyramids under. That is what's left of Atlantis. Well, that that's. I mean, under, sorry, just under the ocean. Right, 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 right. It's under its own firmament. That's a given. I thought that. I mean, yeah. Like, imagine the bubble. It's uh, that on Naboo under the water that Jar Jar's uh, people are from. It every morning when I watch it, <laughs> it's um, so. It's it's what's referred to as Bikini Bottom, and it is <laughs> populated by squirrels, sentient squirrels. And they have their own ecosystem down there. So um, all of those are true. But if you want to get. Let, hold on. Let's get to the meat and potatoes here. We need to talk about UFOs. Todd. Absolutely. There have been tons of UFO reports, sightings, well, et cetera. Like I said over before, the years. heard of Steven Spielberg. He talked about that. Flight 19. Guess what? They, they were they weren't lost. They were abducted. But we can't go George Sukalus on it and just say, what was it? Aliens. There's actually two possibilities as it relates to aliens. The first they are drowning us. They are sending our planes down. They are sinking our ships. They are abducting us for horrible reasons. They are bad and they are the enemy. The second, they are saving us before a disaster happens. It, the best example of that would be the Chris Christopherson vehicle, Millennium. Oh, Remember see, that movie? I, um, yes, but I would have gone with the Mick Jagger slash Emilio Estevez vehicle, Free Jack. <laughs> if you if you remember that, uh, but uh, well, you would have gone with that, and you would have been wrong. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Mo- Millennium, Millennium, Chris Christopherson, the uh, who who directed that? It was the same guy, Chris Columbus. No, uh, Michael Anderson. He did uh, Logan's Run. Awesome. It was it, anyway. Millennium. If you haven't seen it, great flick. But what they're doing, they are time travelers, and they are taking people off of planes before the planes crash and putting dead bodies on them. In this case, my point is that the aliens are doing the same thing, only they might not be replacing the bodies. They're saving us from pre-disaster. That's exactly right. That's what they're doing. Where the fuck were they in 2016? Well, they can't do it all uh, the time, otherwise we'd be on to them. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, big on to them. Yes, big on to them. <laughs> now, if you weren't familiar in 2016, big he's alien. talking about the baseball world series where you know Whoa, the the, that's the cubs stupid. should never have won that's what he was that's fucked at. up that's fucked up that's not what i was saying that was just in my time hop the other day the pictures from when they won and, and everything you know what for this city and everyone dogs on it uh very peaceful you're goddamn right it was eight, fucking peaceful. eight million was it eight million people showed up to a party and then just went home and no one died yeah. no one died and i was with our friend our friend alan and I watched the game with him, and we were two and a half blocks north of the stadium, even though, obviously, the game was played in Cleveland. And I love the Cubs very much. Thank you. You mispronounced Cardinals. And one you, of my yeah, favorite... Yeah, you are not welcome back on this show. <laughs> one of my favorite paranormal explanations for all this uh, comes from the 2005 three-part U.S.-British-German science fiction miniseries, The Triangle. Bum, and bum, it bum. says that the triangle is a wormhole. And, and that is a lot of them. We already talked about Wormholes, Stargates, time travel. A lot of people talk about them. It's, it's kind of hitting on all cylinders. Wait, can Are we they... go back to the, to the fictional miniseries that I'm not familiar with? The Triangle. You called it a U.S. British German. <laughs> yeah, uh, where did it, that was play? This a, was it? Was this a three country uh, extravaganza? And if so, what color if was your Big eyes Bird? aren't open to the U.S. British <laughs> German sci-fi Syndicate? machine? <laughs> I don't even want to have to describe it. 
It's touche, yeah. man. Touche. Yeah. You got sometimes you get me and you got me good there. <laughs> Seriously though, you look at all these things, wormholes. Yep. Here's the thing. One day in like 2046, a wormhole's gonna open up and all these fucking ships and and everything are just gonna like come pouring down on Poughkeepsie. And everyone's gonna be like, what the hell's going on? Because if it's going somewhere, it's gotta go somewhere. Whether it's space or time, they're just gonna go and get poor Poughkeepsie. See, I don't think that'll happen. And here's why. Oh, the Poughkeepsie riots will have already taken it out. <laughs> no, the franchise wars. Not a lot about Poughkeepsie over there. Uh, no, uh, if you remember our dear friend, uh, now now departed, Stephen Hawking had a, a, a big cocktail party and invited True. any and all time travelers to attend and not one showed up. You're not understanding. I'm not saying they can control it. I'm just saying these wormholes... They got to dump out somewhere. Ah, um, I see. It's not that they're like, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah, he did have a, a party for time travelers. No one showed up on his birthday. He's like, oh, that's literally. true. That's, yeah, he really yeah, did. Okay. He that's really a, true. But I'm just saying these guys won't even mean to do it. They'll just like all of a sudden flight 19 comes pouring out of the sky with a whole bunch of ships and everything else. <laughs> Amelia Earhart's like, whoa, 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 you know. <laughs> the ship from Final Destination is there. Yeah. That's fictional. What is going on? <laughs> no, you. What um, is fic? You're you're part of big fiction. Yeah. So, so guys, 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 let's guys, get off of fiction. The, the, let, let's get to the natural causes, yeah. and these actually interest me more. And here's why: none of the paranormal, really, uh, any of the paranormal explanations do, and, and maybe the maybe the natural won't. I don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. None of them explain all of it. It might explain how a plane went down, or it might explain how a ship went down, or it might even explain how people disappeared. Spoiler alert. <laughs> You're not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to be satisfied there's with no, this no, one. There's no... You can't have, you can't have your cake and, and teleport it, too. You know? <laughs> see, what I, see what I did there? Let's get into it. You know, shit gets lost at sea. That's the that's the big thing here, and a large amount of that is the, not my water, found. My waterproof camera from my honeymoon that had about half of my pictures from my honeymoon lost serious? at sea. How did you lose it? Like, what? Where? You know how you uh, the waterproof cameras they give you that wrist slide. Oh, yeah, but where were you? Like, where was, in Hawaii? I mean, were you in the ocean? Were you yeah, I was in the ocean. Slung off an accident? No, no, it was in the ocean. Uh, we were just messing around in the ocean. You know, you get in the ocean, you swim around. <laughs> we were playing tiddlywinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> um, you're really enjoying that giggle over there. <laughs> so we, uh, we're, we're in the ocean, and it, it's just one of those waterproof cameras. It gives you the, the uh, it's like a rope that ties around your, your wrist. And and, it's like the soap. And you cinch yeah. it up, and you yeah. cinch it up, and I'm skipping right over that. You cinch it up, and then, you know, you're supposed to be good. It. I put my wife on my shoulders, something like that. Then I look down, I'm like, oh, camera, wait, wait. And then you frantically are like diving because you're only in like five, six feet of water. Yeah. You're, and it's gone. It's yeah. long gone. Some kids like, yick, but <laughs> <laughs> got a hundred dollar Nikon. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's it. The thing is, there, there's some usual suspects here that, that they always rear their ugly heads. And I think the best place to start is also one of the saddest human error. That's a big one. You know, we were talking. You know, it's a 19. big one in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't you used to play bass for human air? Yeah, I did. I did. We were a huge man. Really a good progressive band. We were that rare thing. Prog rock. So, yeah. Kevin, Kevin, you like to get into the existential. When you say human error, are you talking about? <laughs> Tell us some about your greatest hits. No. <laughs> are you talking about the error that humans were ever created? Are you talking about errors you make in your own life or the error your parents made when they conceived you? 
Oh, man, let's talk about that third one real fast. (laughs) (laughs) No, John, I'm talking about all of them, you know? (laughs) All right, do you have about 50 minutes and 30 milligrams of clonazepam? And and, uh, do you you accept a copay? (laughs) Yeah. The thing is, like, you don't even mean to, uh, is the thing. A lot of these aren't nefariously done. Mm-hmm. People weren't trying to, you know, use, oh, shit, I Flight 19, prepared, Flight you know, 19, or, he wasn't, no one was trying to crash that day. Well, you know, not not in the Bermuda Triangle, but I, they didn't see the iceberg until it's too late. They didn't heed the warnings that they're icebergs, you know? And another thing like that we happened. went over earlier, like, when it's night and you don't have enough lighting, you don't know what's the horizon, what's water. And, you know, when things start going awry... People lose their cool. So it's not to say that it wasn't, it could have been a malfunction of something that stacks on top of other things. Human error is a big catch all. The other one that, that, that might lead into to human error is compass variations. And the big thing people say is the triangle is a magnetic vortex. You hear that a lot. And no, some theorize that unusual local magnetic anomalies may exist in the area, but. No anomalies have ever been found ever. The, period. the 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 small little ones that you're talking about. Now yeah, we there's we nothing do know there that, that's a giant magnetic vortex. We do know there is a weirdness there, and the weirdness is that magnetic north or the the north that your compass uses and true geographic north generally don't match up. And this is one of the few places on Earth that they do, and so that does cause a little um, your instruments to get a little hinky. If you don't know that that is the case, then it could screw you up a tip. But if you are navigating in a planar boat, that should be like day one. Guess what? That's exactly you know right. What I mean, uh, break out your sextant, and we're going to teach you how to figure out how what you know what's true north. I still can't believe you didn't buy the sextant. I went back since then, and I didn't buy it again. And I was there with our buddy Phil, and Phil goes, "They got a sextant over here. It looks awesome. It's forty bucks. I ain't buying it." Forty dollars for a sextant? Brass like an antique one. It's what are you nice. made of money? Dude, <laughs> you have spent more on fake alien bodies than Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's one to my right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sextants is where you draw the I line. I sent you a six hundred dollar Green Lantern statue. Look, look what I'm getting. <laughs> but forty But sextants. Yeah. Pish posh. So what I was saying is these people should know that. The public, on the other hand, might not know that. And so they go, Oh, that's a weird one, and it and it, it, it it makes a difference. They don't. They don't know. The public sounds like the, the public at large. The public at large sounds like the maid from Count uh, Ducula. Wait, what's oh, Count Ducula? Is that like Ducktales? It was yeah. pre-Ducktales, like a Nickelodeon. He was literally a vampire duck who they were bringing him back to life, and instead of using blood, they used ketchup. So he's just like this goofy. He's a vegetarian. Hey, he won't bite Beast or Man. That's, this is that's part of the song. Yeah. Is this Donald? When Man. the moon is in the eighth house, he could be resurrected with blood. It always starts, and then she goes, oh, get it. And she grabs the ketchup on accident. So All right. The then. really, really long reference I was making was that the yell that, that Brent just did for what the general public sounds like sounded, sounded, like sounded just like the maid from Count Dracula. Gotcha. You're welcome. Everybody. Seven minutes later. Oh. <laughs> the other thing that makes things seem weird there is the Gulf Stream. And so there's a major surface current primarily driven by the thermohaline circulation, or as our flat earth friends called it when we did our round table, bullshit. That they said it doesn't exist. So in essence, there's a river in the ocean. Think of finding Nemo. All right. Remember the little turtles? And yeah. they're in that stream. That's the Gulf Stream. I've never seen Finding Nemo. I've what? never seen Finding Dory, but I watched Finding Nemo. It, it bothered me because I found out later that if that had actually happened, the father would have just switched sexes and started having sex with his son. Kevin's really angry over here. 
Yeah, that's what that's what clownfish actually do. I was angry about you not seeing it, <laughs> and then I got really angry when he just explained to me about clownfish. Uh, I was just saying, since you have a son, you've never never watched. Well, maybe he's not old enough. Well, yeah, we're know. too busy watching Elmo right now. We'll get okay, there. That's fair. But for real though, they're, they 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 do a pretty good job of explaining the Gulf Stream in there. It's like a you know, it's this jet stream that goes through there, and it's moving. What I'm getting at is planes go down. And they're not overly large. Even ships that sink, they hit the Gulf Stream. And so, well, the plane went here. It might be miles carried away off course to where it actually nestles on the bottom of the ocean or if it's floating. All right. So, well, I was here. And then in a few hours, you're way, way, way far away. Right. And so people go, how did that happen? Well, it's the Gulf Stream. But if you don't know that exists or if you're like our flat earth friends and say it doesn't exist because it's a lie. For whatever reason, there are some things they say that's a lie. It's like that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't even argue with the flat Earth. What is your problem? Yeah. It, so if you make a water landing and you go mayday, mayday, I, I'm taking on water. I'm gonna, I'm at you know these degrees, and then they go out there and they get an hour, and all of a sudden you're 50 miles away and they don't find you. Right. That shit happens right, right, right. quite often in water. Brent, I appreciate you taking us through those other examples, but it was actually solved in 2016. Oh well, oh, shit. Well, yeah, it? it's weather. Oh. Um, uh, uh, well, specifically microbursts. Yeah. Uh, so there's a show on um, the Science Channel, which I actually watch pretty frequently. This show is not one that I spend a lot of time on. It's called One on Earth. And literally every episode is just them taking uh, some sort of satellite image they found and talking to a bunch of scientists about it. They don't, they don't even talk. They don't even show pic- other pictures of the area. Or anything. It's about one satellite image. It's not great. Uh, but on this particular episode, it has a TV they, show we don't keep going. They, <laughs> <laughs> it's a valid point. On this particular episode, they said they explained the Bermuda Triangle. Oh. And I mean, it, it, it got picked up. The New York Post, the Today Show, a bunch of Ooh, other places. The New York Post? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a reputable, reputable newspaper. Uh, no, but it, it really was, it was picked up in a lot of places. In the episode, they said that the uh, hexagon shaped clouds were said to create strong winds that form microbursts of air, also referred to mm. as air bombs. They bring down planes, crash ships, things like that. Boom, air bomb. Which could Think be- of that, that air bazooka tube, but you're doing it at a plane right? Yeah, in a much larger thing. Unfortunately, we find out not too long after this, this amazing discovery that even the scientist that they quoted in the show, his name was Randy Cervini. Meteorologist. Randy Cervini. Randy Cervini sounds more like a, a wrestler. On Doppler 5. Mean Randy Cervini. <laughs> yeah. I'll drop the Doppler 5 on your ass. <laughs> yeah. He says he was grossly mischaracterized. And he wasn't, when they were interviewing him for the show, he wasn't even trying to explain the Bermuda Triangle. He they was, got to him. <laughs> Someone uh, got to him. Good point. Let, you know what? I think we should listen to a clip from the show. Now nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful winds recorded by radar in the North Sea also exist below the hexagonal clouds over the Bahamas. And meteorologist Randy Cerveni thinks they're connected to a terrifying atmospheric phenomenon. It's Cerveni. These types of hexagonal shapes over the ocean are, in essence, air bombs. They're formed by what are called microbursts, and they're blasts of air that come down out of the bottom of the cloud and then hit the ocean and then create waves that can sometimes be massive in size as they start to interact with each other. 
All right, so here's a couple of issues I have with this, and I've seen the whole clip. Just number a one, Well, number one, they're calling these hexagonal clouds. There are holes in clouds. And, and for the record, drawing if hexagons. you listen to what Cervani just said, he said hexagonal shapes. He never said yeah, it. Yeah, no, they did. They are not hexagonal clouds. They're holes. Number two, one will be a square, and they draw a hexagonal. One's a triangle, and they draw it. They were just Yeah, and there's clouds in it. Yeah, it's not even holes. It's such BS. And the other thing is... Before this clip, if you watch the whole thing, they put where they're on the map and then they zoom out to show you the Bermuda Triangle. They were not even in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, half of them were outside of it. it. Yeah. But they, they weren't in the Bermuda Triangle. So he, and Cervani was uh, interviewed by the Washington Post after this. And he's like, I, I wasn't even talking about there. I mean, they might have yeah. happened in that area, but they literally wanted to understand the science. I'm a meteorologist. They wanted to understand how microbursts work. Right, right. And doing that, that they're saying and and that killed ships. Exactly. He's saying that when you see those hexagonal patterns, not clouds, but patterns, that that can be an indication of a microburst. Cool. Right. Interesting stuff. Right. I, I, that's good to know. He was not then saying, and all of those hexagonal patterns are always there, and they are sinking ships in planes in the Bermuda Triangle. Right. What are you going to do? You know? Oh, Turns out we did not get the answer from the Science Channel. Similar but different. Another thing that could be sinking them there, and my my favorite, my favorite crazy explanation that actually could be scientifically factual, methane hydrates, uh, methane bursts. So here's the thing. There is a presence of large fields of methane gas on the continental shelves underneath the ocean. I had some methane bursts. <laughs> they are gigantic. So laboratory experiments carried out in Australia have proven that bubbles can indeed sink a scale model ship by decreasing the density of the water. And as a twofer, any wreckage consequently rising to the surface would be rapidly dispersed by the Gulf Stream. And so if you look this up, they actually show videos of it and how it works. And they, they showed it one of the ones that they took a basket and it it's a you put it on water and it floats and they took soap and they shot the surface of the water and it changes the density and the basket falls into the water. Well, the that's funny. You made that sound there. (laughs) The methane kind of methane farts. Methane works the same way. In case you guys were wondering what I was alluding to. (laughs) Methane works the same way. It, It changes the density of the water. So literally if you're a ship up there and a methane burst large enough, you can be an aircraft carrier. All of a sudden, you just you just, you just fall get sucked into, in. into the water. Oh. And it's been hypothesized that periodic methane eruptions. There are actually some claims called mud volcanoes. <laughs> Literally, they're called that. Really, may produce regions of frothy water that are no longer capable of providing you frothy you know, mud volcanoes. <laughs> okay, a frothy mud volcano. It's low hanging fruit, Brent. They can't provide adequate buoyancy for ships, but. If this was the case, such an area around a ship would cause it to sink rapidly without warning. So, of course, plane engines, they showed a large burst of methane big enough to sink that would go in the atmosphere. It could kill a gas engine. It would shut it down. They'd fall. But according to research, no large releases of gas hydrates are believed to have occurred in the Bermuda Triangle for the last 15,000 years. Is that just because we're not smart enough to know they're happening, or or no, 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 interesting no, one, no it, they have happened. Big methane doesn't want you to know. That's true. That's thank true. you, John, because I I didn't want to think I was brought out here for no reason. <laughs> Are you a big methane advocate? Huge, <laughs> huge methane. Ag- that makes advocate. sense with your T-shirt. Now I understand. Yeah, choose methane. I didn't know what that meant. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, I'm an activist. <laughs> You're active. 
ist. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that one's a, an interesting one that's, that's outside of the realms of what they think might be happening. But it's pretty cool. And they, they did experiments. You can watch them online and they sink little scale model ships and stuff and they just go. It would be terrifying. You wouldn't even know what's happening. All of a sudden you're underwater. It's oh, like, oh, damn. As a standalone, it's really interesting. And it like I'd be interested to know like where it has happened and and then cross reference that with disasters and see Cuba. Cuba. Um, but as as you so dutifully pointed out, it certainly isn't the reason for the Bermuda Triangle. Well, I'll let we, we don't know. I well, mean, you just said no. We do. Know. We don't know. We don't know. Aliens could be doing it outside of our grasp. Oh, okay, fair you know, enough. Sometimes their technology, we don't even know it's technology. You know, look at our implants. You know, you know, what I'm getting that. You're not making any stuff. goddamn sense. You know, you, that's because you're not woke, Kevin. Oh, that's. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? What What are your thoughts on this? Bermuda Triangle? Is it Is it uh, a, a real spooky paranormal place, or is it just some water that? that is really well traveled and therefore things happen in it. I've heard about the Bermuda Triangle since I was a little guy mm-hmm. and well, uh, terrified you that you'd have to go through there at some point. Yeah, of course I was, I just thought that was the passage to adulthood. <laughs> and, uh, I saw, I saw a meme once that said something to the effect of, man, when I was a kid, I really thought the Bermuda Triangle would have a much bigger impact on my life. <laughs> the same with me and Quicksand, you know? Like, I just give me do this is, These are both me. very true. Yeah. And I thought, this is such a terrifying thing, and then I was here with you gentlemen today, and it's just a bunch of people getting lost. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. sinking, I, and that's tragic. I don't want anybody to die or anything like that, right, but, like, right, right. that's... It's kind of what happens. Well, it's just like we were talking about with Flight 19. It's horrible that so many servicemen lost their lives. Mm-hmm. It's just not paranormal. It's just not out of the. It's not weird. We don't think it's paranormal. We haven't found them. What do you mean we haven't found them? What? What? We have to hire James Cameron to like go down to the. We bottom? don't know where they're at. We haven't found the planes. We don't know where the planes. They're are. not in the ocean. Well, we don't know that. Well, have we searched for them in the ocean for the last? We have years. carry oh, yeah, the one. Okay. Yeah, just like Titanic. 85. They didn't find the Titanic until 85 because when stuff goes down, like we said, even that big, it doesn't go straight down. It goes, and they didn't even know for sure where it went down at, you know, so. So, like, are you saying it got called in the, the Gulf Stream, too? It the could. planes could have. The planes could yeah. have. So, they don't know no, where. Kevin was asking about the Titanic. Not the not the Gulf Stream there, but it, it, it did. It did break apart, and yeah. it was traveling at such a high velocity when it went down, the Titanic, that actually many of the decks crushed onto one another because it hit with such force. So anyway, back to this. It's just one of those things where I was making a joke, but we don't know where the, the Flight 19 is. So to say that it's not paranormal aliens, John, is just stupid. It's irresponsible. That is the word I was looking for. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Yeah, this one's this is a non-starter. Let me, me. We don't know. We don't know. A couple things that are worth pointing out. One, the people that research this kind of stuff, I'm not one of them, so I'm just repeating what they say. Well, that's most of what we do on the show. Uh, the people that research this kind of stuff say that not only is there no egregious or overabundance of calamities in the Bermuda Triangle, that actually, if you take it per capita, there's less in that area than than many other areas of the world. It's like when you hear about shark attacks. Every year they hear the shark attacks on the rise. That's usually one of the years with the lowest amount of shark attacks. Sharks attack 
very few people. More cows and pigs kill people every year. Vending machines usually kill more people every year than sharks. <laughs> you mean like that they fall on people? Yeah. They, they don't, yeah. Oh. Usually it's user error because they they didn't get their money, so they're kicking it or they're trying to get their arm in It reminds me of that episode of C-Lab 2021 where yes! Mur- Murphy was stuck in a vending machine. Oh, Under a vending machine. Oh, give me some of that sweet juice, baby. <laughs> he, he, he's got a pet scorpion that's stinging him. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, man, I love C-Lab. Other thing that's worth pointing out, Brent, Kevin, is that a good way to see if something is more dangerous than another part of the world is to follow the money. And how do you follow the money with danger? Insurance. Lloyds of London, who originated maritime insurance, by the way, they were the first ones to ever offer it, does not charge more or extra, nor do any other insurance. Lloyd's of London tends to be like the yeah. the barometer that people look yeah, at. If I was a supermodel still, I, I would have you know my legs. Insured by Lloyd's yeah, of London, yeah. right. Still. They do not charge any more for ships that will be going through or planes right. that will be going through the Bermuda Triangle. And mm. they, do, they do base their insurance rates on the part of the world. Like if you're going to be spending a lot of time – well, in, uh, like in, a, my, in a war-torn part of the world, you know that I have my Somali shipping business. It costs me an arm and leg, literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know what I meant by that. Uh, but no, the point Look at is, me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> hey, that guy got nominated for an Oscar. He did. He, he did. did. The point is that if it were more likely to have a problem there, it would cost more, and it doesn't. Right, right. That's true. That's a really good. We always, I always think that to myself. You say that, you know, follow the money. That's when we research stuff. That's something we do. We follow the money, looking for, you know, where it's going. And yeah, Lloyd's of London uh, is a great example. But don't take our word for it. What's your word? How can they let us know, John? I would go to Facebook and I would get in that little search bar and type Hysteria Nation. That is our Facebook discussion group where we talk about all of this and a whole lot more. Just go to Facebook.com, search Hysteria Nation. That's right. Also, we have our regular Facebook page on there. And on Twitter, we're at Hysteria51Pod. Patreon, you can go on there at Hysteria... Oh, oh, Patreon slash Hysteria51. And don't forget of our new tier, the $30 tier. What's that tier, John? Do you remember? There is no new tier. Yeah, it is. It's the Sniff John Go Forth tier. For $30, nope. you no, get yourself to Chicago. And you, I'm not saying If you, you sign up for the $30 dirty. tier, you you're wasting your money. John you Go Forth? smell John Brent Go Brent keeps Forth. pursuing this, and it's not Are you not saying that I'm doing that for free now? Yes. Yes. Wow. You, you're one of the chosen few. Wow. Your Let name, me tell you something. Your name is amongst those If somebody were to ask me what this was worth, I'd say at least $60. I know. I know. That's why we're doubling it. Two sniffs, half the price. Both nostrils each time. <laughs> Voicemails. Don't forget you can leave us one seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. Again, seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. We got a ton, but this is a very long episode. We're not playing any this week. We're gonna get back to them next time. And if you've forgotten any of this, just go to hysteria51.com. That's our page. Tell a friend about the show. Add them to Hysteria Nation. They'll love it. We'll love you. It's awesome. Keep sending us pics. If you got a sticker, if you got a shirt, if you got anything, we want we want to see you. Send those pics on Hysteria Nation. You can email them to us, post them on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know where you're at. Or just put them in a bottle and throw them out to sea. We'll eventually get them. That works. That works. The Gulf Stream will will move them to us. I've been sending an SOS. I was sending an SOS to the world. Message the in a month. Goddamn right, Sting. Message in a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bermuda, mama. <laughs> <laughs>
Kevin, thank you so much for coming and being on the show again. What's Great to uh, be here. What do you got going on? Anything? No. Montego. Not, not, I have Montego going on. That's no, true. not much going on. Kevin man. was in attendance for our first live show in Chicago. It was a great show, guys. He so. was front row, stage right. Just stage right. Yeah. Uh, and when you guys are out again, uh, I hope that people will come out and see it. It was a hell of a good show. Yeah, and uh, your friend you're with, I think, got one of the X-Files shirts that we were she giving She got away. an X-Files shirt. I got uh, good- an umbrella, yes. which I don't, I hadn't owned in years. <laughs> he got the umbrella. One of the house stuff works umbrellas we gave out. And he goes, I don't own an umbrella. I'm actually really excited about this. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Our, our friends at the X Files game, they gave us some from T-shirts to give away. That was awesome. And real fast, my friend who got that shirt, her dog's name, Scully. Oh, nice. I would have pegged it for a molder. And well, it's a female. <laughs> so with that said, I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. I've been John. He's been conspiracy bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.